words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Bethany to Jerusalem is the title of our message, and praise to criticism. That's the spectrum of what you get. Whenever you're working for God, some people will come and praise you and say, wow, what a mighty man. You're leading an angel, people come and say, wow, incredible things you're doing. You know, but we've led an angel before, and we've gone to the, uh, we've gone to the neighborhood, and the, and the boys there says, ah, and I don't use our name, collect money, finish now. Give me the full job. As if, like, such entitlement. The same, so you cannot do it for the people then. You have to do it for a bigger reason. Because if you're waiting for them to clap for you and praise you, sometimes what you get is criticism. Bethany to Jerusalem. Praise to criticism. Say it, praise to criticism. You guys are so sleepy. Say it again. Praise to criticism. I know every time we see a donkey, what we think about is the triumphant entry. Yes, we're going to talk about it. And then it's an Easter message. But today, that message is bigger than just Easter. It dominates the entire spectrum of the journey of the Christian faith. So, Jerusalem is the holy city for the Jews, Christians, and Muslims. It's the capital of the ancient kingdom of Judah and the modern state of Israel. Jerusalem means city of peace. Jerusalem is also called Zion, even though Zion is a stronghold within the city of Jerusalem. And Psalm 125 verse 2 says, as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds those who fear him, surround his people from this time and forever. Amen. Bethany, on the other hand, has this definition called the house of bread. It's also called the house of figs. Some other People, theologians said, no, it's not house of bread, it's house of misery, house of sorrow. But the modern name for Bethany now is Alzaria, which means house of Lazarus. After Jesus rose Lazarus from death in Bethany, is now called Alzaria. Say Alzaria. Say it again, Al-Isaria, the town of Lazarus, and it's in the West Bank. It's not in the Jewish territory, it's now in Palestinian-controlled West Bank, you know. So let's read from our Bibles from John chapter 11, verse 38 to 50. It's going to be a long read. Um, John chapter 11. will not turn the screens so you can open your Bibles. So many times we are now screen slaves, so we don't turn our Bibles. What if the pastor is lying? What if the pastor has doctored the one on the screen? Well, I'm not saying you should grow. 
<laughs> Pastor can't lie. I'm not saying you should grow the spirit of suspicion, but check everything. These are the days when men lead other men astray. And the qualification for men to lead you astray is if he's a good man. A good man is more likely to lead you astray faster. So, from verse 38. Then Jesus again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you, if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I say this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he has said, now when he has said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, lose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews who had come to Mary had seen the things Jesus did, believed in him. What did they do? They believed in him. But some of them went away to the Pharisees and told them the things Jesus did. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered a council and said, What shall we do? For this man works many signs. If we let him alone like this, everyone will believe in him. And the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. And one of them, Cephas, being the high priest, that year said to them, you know nothing at all. Nor do you consider it, consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and not the whole nation should perish. It was incredible to see the journey with Lazarus. Lazarus, the man who was dead, came back to life. That's an incredible miracle. Jesus walked this massive miracle of raising Lazarus from the dead. There was so much doubt and sorrow in the house. There was so much fear. But once this act happened, everybody started to believe. So much, well, there were two categories of people. First category were the people who were ambivalent. If Jesus is the son of God, we don't know. If God has solutions for everything, we don't really know. We're not sure. The miraculous helped them to believe. But there was a second category of people. The people who, when they see miracles, take it to analysis center. When God is working, some people are talking by the side. Their job is not to jump in the miracle. When God is moving, there's a rumor mill alongside the move of God. 
every time God wants to work, some people's own is to criticize. They have a critical spirit. They are testing out everything. And if you're not careful, critical spirit can be a crumbling thing that will limit you and cripple your journey in God. They saw a dead man rise. They said it's Rikichi. Rikichi is house word for Uruwuru. They saw a dead man rise by the power of God. What other miracle do you want to see? <laughs> but what was in their heart was to go and tell Cephas and the Pharisees gathered and did a council. They didn't say, why doesn't our church have power? They didn't say, why doesn't our synagogue carry the glory of God? They didn't cry out and say, God, we're doing religion. Our religion is killing us. They didn't say that. They didn't say, God, we hunger for the life that flows out of you. Mm. They didn't say, Lord God, where are you? If you're doing these things, it means your kingdom has come. They didn't say, Lord, are you moving towards us? Is this the hour we've been waiting for? They didn't cry out. <laughs> they went and had conversation. And they said, no, we're going to kill him. And in chapter 12, they said, we're going to kill Lazarus as well. So that if Lazarus is not alive, what's evidence? It's like, it's like Nigeria. You're still an election. And you're like, where's the evidence? Destroy an evidence machine. For Matis. Where's the evidence? What stupid evidence are you talking about? May we never be those people. When we see a move of God, we can't jump in. We are paralyzed, tied hand and foot. May we never be the people who are held back. The story of Lazarus is not about a man who came from the dead. It's about people who saw God working and they were so paralyzed, they couldn't move. Kitei salama, bashilo kosatama. Inketa salima rutei. Hashtei manambra kutamastayabanosta. But the people rose up in, in Bethany and began to praise. The people rose up in Bethany and began to believe. The church began to increase. People began to boil with the glory of God. People began to find God. People began to touch the power of God. People began to say, oh my God, there is a man who has risen from the dead. Lazarus, our brother, is back. It means Jesus is the Messiah. And they believed. And they believed. And they turned back. And they began to praise God. And said, a Messiah has risen. A prophet has risen from the midst of us. Among us, the Lord has remembered his people. The light of God is shining again. A people 
who saw the move of God and keyed in. That is Bethany. Bethany. Small town. Inconsequential. But Bethany is interesting for many reasons. Look at verse 53 and 54 of John chapter 11. From that day on, the plotted to put him to death. Therefore Jesus no longer walked openly among the Jews, but went from there into the country near the wilderness to a city called Ephraim. And there he remained to his disciples. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 6. Let's read on. Matthew 21, verse 7 to 9. Then they brought the donkey and the colt, laid their stones on them. Can we read this together? I put it on the screen so we can read this together. I want to go. They brought their donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Next slide. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude saying, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Shout it to someone. This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Shout it to someone again and say, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. One last time. This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Identity. He came into Jerusalem riding a colt. We all know the story from our Bible stories about how they went to rent a, 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 a donkey that no one had ever written, written on. Those parts we remember, but we don't see this. We don't see this. That this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Why? Because this entry Go on to the next slide. This entry was actually designed to be to bring Jesus to his position of, of authority. This entry was designed to what? Bring Jesus to his position of authority. And the fact that he wrote a donkey was significant. He didn't ride a war horse. Donkeys are not used to fight. 
I want you to remember this. Nobody takes a donkey to war. No matter how angry a donkey is, the donkey doesn't fight. It's just not a fighting animal. So no king enters a territory riding a donkey. No one before Jesus, no one after him. A king saddles a horse. <laughs> no, some, sometimes our Bible stories make us to miss the whole essence. No king rides a donkey. So in Revelation we read, Behold the Lamb upon the white horse He returns. Faithful and true, he triumphs now to reign and to rule. His eyes like fire, his head full crown. He holds the nations in his hands with victory shown. Ta -da -da -da. He rides in judgment and to rule. He came once on a donkey. He's coming back again on a horse. <laughs> His coming on a donkey was because he's a man of peace. They were expecting a Jewish ruler who will fight the Romans and give power to them. He came with peace for all men. He came to restore the hurting. He came to rebuild the broken. His kingdom was not an earthly kingdom. His kingdom was not a Jewish kingdom. His kingdom was timeless. It was supposed to touch all races. It was supposed to touch all times. It was supposed to touch all peoples. His kingdom was not just a temporary, momentary kingdom that was supposed to fight the Romans. So when they were expecting him on a horse, he rode a baby donkey who no one ever rode before innocence he came out like a sheep among wolves knowing that Jerusalem is the capital city coming to Jerusalem is going from Bethany a small town to the city center of Israel to the capital center of Israel to the place where power resides to the place where authority was he entered authority center with a, with a wimpy, broken strategy. Mm. The wisdom of God is different from our wisdom. <laughs> I don't know any one of us, you want to go and dominate a land. You want to go and conquer a people. You don't show up with power. I said it once. And if I'm God, and I want to send my son to the world, hey. <laughs> like, I'm not God yet, but I train my daughters like lionesses. You can't bully them. They know, they know their stuff. They know their time. They'll look you straight in the dead in the face and say, no. Well-trained. Authority. Identity. They know who they are. If you start walking around me for a while, I start kicking you around so that you can stand up and know who you are. I, I give long rope, but he gets there. And I start cutting his short. Start reducing the rope. 
After a while, you have to shake up. You have to stop being shy. Stop being broken. Stop working anyhow. <laughs> Be a man. Walk straight. Look straight. Talk direct. Train up. Shape up. Do you know who you are? A son of God. Say, I'm a son of God. A son of God. You must know who you are. Jesus entered the city. My God, God sent his son. No trumpet. No announcement on earth. No house for the son to live in. His son had to go to a sheep house, animal house. When we sing Christmas song, we just sing, seeing the baby lying the manger on a Christmas morning. Ooh, ooh. Do you know what a manger is? A manger is not a nice thing. It's that smelly plate that goats used to eat and pigs used to eat. That thing that pigs snort with their nose. <laughs> It's always smelling because of leftover food. That's the place where they laid your Messiah. God Almighty of heaven and earth. Control. The Jews, when they hear Jesus, they want to throw up. Like this one. Carpenter's son. We know him. There's even a bad rumor about him. His mother is not really legitimate. She said it's Holy Spirit that gave her belly bastard. They came to Jesus and asked him, who is your father? You know what they were asking? They asked him, who is your father? What do they mean? Think. They asked Jesus, who is your father? What, what, what were they talking about? You are, you are questionable paternity. Let's do DNA test. This is how God sent his son into the world. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> the triumphant entry showed that the people could lay down their lives they all removed their jackets and laid it on the ground well in those days they were not wearing jackets like this they wore tunics additional cloth so the royal people had more royal sash. You have the basic dress on the inside and then you have a waist cloth and the people who are royal had something like this pashmina that you're wearing. That's for royalty. Purple. This is a, a royal girl. You know. <laughs> That's what royal people wore. Only royal people had jackets. Extra jacket. You know. We are very important. Please somebody pat her on the back and say... <laughs> Madam, the queen, all hail the queen. <laughs> if anybody's wearing pashmina around you, say to them, all hail the queen. <laughs> they all removed their extra clothing and left it on the ground for him. It shows that they were leaving their agendas. And when people tried to stop the people who were praising, Jesus said, if these people do not praise me, I can raise up stones. 
Jesus going to Jerusalem also was a mark of boldness. Going to where they want to kill you. He knows. He was telling his disciples, I must go to Jerusalem. I must go to Jerusalem. Hallelujah. And here was his mandate. Like Kepha said, it's better for one man to die than a nation. And the Bible says, Kephas did not know that he was prophesying. He thought he was saying something negative. Let's kill him. It's better for him to die than for a whole nation to be lost. And when he died, his death was to bring together all the scattered people of God everywhere. That's what John said. His dying is to bring together all of God's scattered people. Jesus died for healing. Jesus died for compassion. Jesus died to empower. Jesus died to bring newness. Jesus died to bring hope. Jesus died for resurrection, power to be revealed. Let's read John chapter 12, verse 37 to 38 together. But although he had done so many signs before them, one to go, one more time, let's read it together, one to go. But although he had done so many signs before them, they did not believe in him that the word of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which spoke, Lord, who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Mm. Whenever we talk about Jesus today, people are still responding. Even in this church, there are different kinds of response to Jesus Christ. One response is doubt. Can it be that this is the Messiah? Can it be that Jesus will touch my life? Some of us, we don't really doubt God. We're just in a place of jaded belief. We used to believe before, like childlike faith. Then something happened and God did not move. So we entered from belief to the antithesis of belief. It's a jaded belief. Do you understand? So, we're wondering, okay, if God is God, how? I did my best trying to serve God and do God's word, but nothing happened. Why? I prayed for the admission. I got denied. Why? I tarried in faith, but a miracle did not happen. Why? I waited and cried out, but nothing moved. Why? So the response to Jesus Christ sometimes is doubt. It's faith sometimes. Sometimes the response is miracle. Sometimes some, the response to some people is faith, is belief. But some people is outright rejection. Let me say this again. God has no problem with people who are doubting. He can help them see. God has no problem with people who are confused. 
He can open their eyes. God has no problem with people who are suffering. He can bring relief. God has no problem with, with people who are unsure. God can help them. God has no problem with people who are weak. He can strengthen them. Guess the people who God cannot help. People who are self-willed, who already know too much, who are not given any room, who enter the place of direct rejection, who say, I don't want. The moment you say, I don't want, you're placing a pause on God and God will wait. Because God is such a gentle man. The Holy Spirit is a gentle spirit. The Bible says, the spirit of the prophet is subject unto the prophet. Even when God is moving the prophet mightily, the prophet can hold back. So God is so gentle. And because of that, many people miss out on what God has in store for them. Pray in the spirit for a minute. Hold somebody's hands. Let's pray in the spirit. I can feel some of you ebbing and flagging. Makutei bashtaku salima. Lord God, let's produce a response today that glorifies Jesus Christ. Let's produce a response today that dignifies your name. Now, Lord God, there will be no doubt in our hearts. We'll be full of faith. We will see the miracles of God. Our response to Jesus is to believe him. We will not be like the people in Jerusalem who began to doubt. We'll not be like the people who came to persecute. We will not walk in rejection. In the name of Jesus Christ, we accept your laws. We accept your commandments. We receive your principles, O God. And we thank you for that which you're doing, O God. We stir up faith in our hearts. Lord, I believe in you. Lord, I believe in your word. Lord, I believe you do mighty things. You do awesome things and righteousness. I believe in you. When I hear about faith, I'm drawn, I'm stirred into you, oh God. I believe your covenant is true. I believe your word is real. I believe that you're coming for me. I believe that you're standing strong behind me each and every day. Thank you, my God. I believe in you. Hallelujah. Amen. You have to ask the question, what drives you? Sometimes we're driven by praise or accolades of men. So some of us will never respond until people are praising us. We like to be praised. We like to be acknowledged. We have an approval deficit syndrome. Say to someone, do you have an approval deficit syndrome? Some of us are moved by rejection. When people have rejected us, we stand up and say, hey, I'm going to show them. I'm going to show them who I am. I'm going to show them I can do it. <laughs> I'm going to show them I'm something. I'm going to show them they don't know me. Well, motivated negatively some of us are motivated when people look down on us that's our motivation what drives you is it the praise of man what drives you is it hatred when people hate you you rise up and say ah i love it i love it i love the energy 
You go to a meeting, they look down on you and they say you can't do it. You say like, ah, I'm going to prove to them I can do it. Ooh, ooh, ah. <laughs> Sometimes we are motivated by men praising us. Some of us, if they say one bad word about us, my God will be sick. Sick. You go to a presentation, the presentation doesn't turn well. You are the one beating yourself. Oh, I'm so stupid. I'm so foolish. I'm so high. How can I wait for this moment of opportunity? I'm always jinxing myself. You know, some of us, our words on ourselves, if you hear it from someone, you say, hey. That's not who you are. Tell someone, that's not who you are. It was just only a presentation. Check them and say, it was just only a presentation. That's not who you are. That's not your name. They didn't write it in your reins. They didn't tattoo it inside you. It was only just a presentation. What drives you? Is it what all men say you're doing good? What drives you? Is it when men say you are not doing well? What should really drive you should be the pursuit of God's face. Like when you saw Pastor ID kneeling down and say, Lord, I want to see your face. Lord, I want to know you. Lord, I want to have your approval. Lord, I want you to know that I love you. Lord, you want to know that I, I belong to you. What should move you should be a burning desire to be in God's good books. It's for your heart to be hungry. It's that cry that says, Lord, can I be hungry after righteousness? Lord, I desire you. I desire to move with the Holy Spirit. I desire to move with your agenda. What should drive you should be that joy that comes from knowing that your father is looking at you and saying, well done, Bobby. Well done. Well done. Do you know your righteousness is of God? Many of you struggle with things, but you're waiting for the time when God is going to look at you and say, well done. Hey, hunger for that well done from God. Sometimes when I'm struggling with anything, guess how I, guess how I, frame it I say God can I have your mercy in this area can I have your mercy in this area of anger can I have your I thought I was the meekest man on earth until I was going to do training this Tuesday and then somebody scratched my car and I came down, assessed the damage, and thought, I can let this go. Certainly, Pastor Moses. I looked at the guy. Hmm. I entered the car. I started driving away. Guess what happened? The person started pursuing me. I parked. I didn't know where the anger came from. It came from eternity ground. <laughs> I'm like, what? 
It shot from there straight into my brain marrow. <laughs> I came down. I said, you, is it because I forgave you? Is it because I started shouting in the middle of a demo day to come, boy? You won't believe it was your pastor shouting on the road. I forgot. The guy came and started blocking my door. Oh, you're not going to leave. I said, I'm the even packed. I didn't know when I pushed him down. One push, he fell on his butt. I pushed someone down. Confession. One push, boom, the guy fell down. I'm like, so, so I still have anger inside me. Ah, Lord. I the first person I met was Victoria. I said, Victoria, have mercy on me. I have sinned. Have mercy on me. Hi. Ew. Chineke. I can't believe. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. That's what you go to God and say, God, take this thing from me. I don't want to be like this. Lord, I don't ever want to lose it. Lord, don't take your Holy Spirit from me and allow another spirit to possess me. My desire is to be like you. Ikotanzoli Maruta. In my, in my hour of prayer, I cried before God, Lord, will you do something in me? Will you do something in me? Do some work in me. Don't entertain your sinful habits. Don't call them good names. Don't dress them up in nice robes. Desire to be like the Father and cry every time you fall. The pursuit of God's face. The pursuit of God's face. When we talked about Christ, we talked about this when we did the cry of the human spirit. Christ was crying to God and said, God, if it's your will, let this cup pass from me. Which means he had his own will. He had his own preference. He had what he wanted. God did not create a robot in Christ. Christ was a man who had a will. He had emotions. He says, nevertheless, if it's not my will, let your will be done. Exchange. I'm substituting my will for your will. And to do that, what did he pray earnestly for? He prayed earnestly. That his heart will line up to the heart of God. This is the only prayer in the Bible that we see where Jesus agonized so much. Do you guys understand? What prayer do you agonize so much over? It was the exchange of his will for his father's will. That was the biggest prayer when he cried and sweat of blood came down. 
The biggest prayer you can pray is for the substitution of God's will over your will. The substitution of God's heart over your heart. The substitution of God's intent over your intention. Because we all have what we like. Nevertheless, not our will, but God's will be done. And when he laid down his will, we saw what Isaiah said. Isaiah said, God divided him a portion with the strong. God said, he will see his seed. Hmm. And the Lord said, the Lord's good pleasure will prosper in his hands. Hmm. <laughs> I repeat it again. The Bible says God divided Jesus Christ a portion with the strong. It means that when mighty men of the earth are coming to stand, Jesus became the main portion man for the biggest and the best in the earth. Second thing, he says he will see his seed. Today, three billion people on earth call themselves believers. Is that his seed or not? And then the third, the Lord's good pleasure will prosper in his hands. May God's work prosper in your hands. May the agenda of God prosper in your life. Lift up your hands. May God's work prosper in your hands. May the agenda of God prosper in your life. May what God created you for prosper. May that which God made you for come alive in you. I cry out for some souls today that you may wake up to what God made you for. And that agenda of God will come alive in you. And as you lay down your life in travail, as you search out the heart of the master, the Lord's good pleasure will prosper in your hands. Amen. Hallelujah. As we round up, Bethany was a house of healing. Bethany was the place where Mary and Martha, the friends of Jesus Christ, lived. How many of you have those kind of places when you go? You know, there's some people's houses here. When I go to their house, oh, ew, chineke. I just sing chineke, idema, 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 like Pastor Isi's house, that's uh, to go there and go and sit upstairs. Just chill and just say, wow, let me be here first. <laughs> Some people's houses are retreat houses. I mean, if you have those uncles, those aunties, they have plans, they know how to arrange things. You go there. That's Bethany for Jesus Christ. When he's tired of ministry, you go and hang out with Mary and Martha. Jesus had friends. He had friends. It was normal. It was normal. Do you have friends? But it was also the town of celebration and resurrection. Jerusalem, on the other hand, is the place of calling. Jerusalem is a place of teaching and prayer and ministry. 
Jerusalem is also a place of agony and rejection. But don't forget, it is the theater for kingdom activity. Say to someone, the theater for kingdom activity. Say, I will not run away from the theater for kingdom activity. Oh, preach to someone, say, my sister, will you run away from your Jerusalem? Will you run away from the place where God wants to manifest you? I saw some of you are so afraid of your neighbors. You cannot talk to them. Don't fear man. Fear God. Oh. Say, point to them, point to them, point them in their eye and say, are you afraid of Jerusalem? To the place where God has called you. He has an assignment for you. Run from Bethany. Bethany the sweet, oh. Run. Run from Bethany. Tell someone, run from Bethany. Go to Jerusalem. Jerusalem will be difficult. Jerusalem will be uphill. But that's where you're supposed to be. Push, 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 push. This is the theater for kingdom activity. This is the place where men die to live. This is the place where people rise up in the assignment of God. Everyone faces their Jerusalem once in a lifetime. You may live in Bethany. You may visit Bethany. In Bethany, the miraculous is real. In Bethany, resurrection power is amazing. In Bethany, we see every day everything looking good. In Bethany, you can chill out. But that's not all you're created for. There comes a day when Jerusalem comes you when the city of contest calls you when the city of war pulls you out when the demand for what God wants you to be begins to call upon your heart there comes a time when you must stop playing small and enter into the theater of kingdom activity there comes a time when you must push past the boundary of Bethany and get into your Jerusalem for there God is waiting for you for there your assignment is waiting for you for there power is waiting for you for there revelation is waiting for you don't die in Bethany. Don't spend all your days in your comfort zone. Don't spend all your moments in your comfort zone. Let the cry of your spirit rise this morning. Let, your, let this something on your inside. A holy importunity. A desire to die so that you can live. A desire to express all that God has written in the volumes of the books concerning you. Let that holy desire consume you today. That pulls you out. That pulls you out from your comfort zone into the city of God. For there fire will burn. For there you will drive out the money changers from the temple. For there you will see what God wants to do in the world. For there your disciples will be challenged. For there the men who are training will rise up to be counted. For there there will be a sifting. In Jerusalem there is a sifting. 
Oh God, grant, grant that I, I will do your fullness. I will not live shallow. I will not live in a small place. Save me from the cesspool of enjoyment. Save me from the cesspool of mediocrity in spiritual things. Save me, oh God, and set my eyes on eternal things. And I may journey with you. And in dying, I will live. In dying, I will live. Ready to lay down my life. I'm traveling from Bethany to Jerusalem. I'm traveling from Bethany to Jerusalem. I'm coming to the holy city of my God. I'm traveling from Jerusalem, from Bethany to Jerusalem. I'm coming to the holy city of my God. I will dwell there. I will live there. I will make full proof of my ministry. The reason why you called me, the reason why you created me, I will make full proof of my ministry. I'm traveling from a broken place. I'm traveling from a comfortable place into inconvenience in your name. And I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid of Jerusalem. For it is the city of my God. I will not be afraid of Jerusalem. For it is the city of my God. I ride out. I join the army. I ride out unto the city of my God. We journey with you from comfort zone into life. We journey with you from a small place into a great place. In the name of Jesus Christ. I am here this morning to announce a shift. Next slide. I am announcing a shift. Say amen. The Lord has come to move you from obscurity to limelight. Say amen. The Lord has come to move you from celebrating brokenness to embracing healing. Say amen. The Lord has come to move you from comfortable things to God's divine agenda. Say amen. The Lord has come to adjust you from living for yourself into living for purpose. Say amen. Pray these words. Lord, I'm moving. Lord, I'm moving. 
from obscurity to limelight. Lord, I'm moving. Lift up your hands. Shout it out. Say, Lord, I'm moving. Lift up your hands. Shout it out. Say, Lord, I'm moving. Lord, I'm moving from obscurity to limelight. Lord, I'm moving from celebrating my brokenness to embracing healing. Lord, I'm moving from a comfortable place to God's agenda. Say, Lord, I'm moving from living for self. I'm moving from Bethany to Jerusalem. I'm moving. I'm moving. I will not be afraid. this and I stepped down one day I saw my dad my dad was a fiery man of God but church politics had eaten him up they were constantly removing him and reposting him and reposting him and removing him they removed him from at least 10 different churches and the only reason was the church became too big he had the grace to multiply sheep so the denomination used against him. Once the church became 200 people and they could fund their building, they opposed him. Then that day, I, my dad woke up and said that God was sharing with him a vision beyond the church. He was supposed to do an evangelistic ministry. I was so excited. I must have been 18 or something like that. Or even younger because if you live in the pastor's house you see it all I was so excited then I came to my dad almost six months later say dad what happened to the evangelistic ministry he said the church did not agree he killed a God idea I saw him feel sad in his later years he was a man who was an evangelist supposed to go everywhere but denomination caged him many of us God invites us on a beautiful journey but we fear because we're in Bethany it's comfortable it's comfortable it's comfortable I want you to pray one more time Say, Lord, I step out of my comfort zone. I step out of my comfort zone. I step out of obscurity into your limelight.
I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid. You will strengthen me. You will strengthen me. You will strengthen me. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.